Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. And I am Jasper Wild. And today we're going to tackle a couple of things that have been on our docket. So we have released almost 15 episodes now, maybe a couple more by the time that you guys hear this. And we are so thrilled by the number of people who have responded to us, sent us emails, have uh, sent us Twitter shout outs, have just come up to us and said great things. And we're really proud of all of the work that we have put out to hopefully talk to you guys more. We're really happy that you guys are resonating with us. That being said, we are not always going to do a perfect job at things and we are open and receptive to feedback from people when we make a mistake. And we definitely in the last couple of episodes, a couple of times have made some mistakes about the way that we handle um, issues of gender and gender assignment. Um, So before we really get into the rest of this episode, we wanted to issue an apology about the way that we've talked about issues involving gender and gender assignment, um, especially to those who do not identify as um, cisgendered. Yeah, or um, those people who identify as non-binary. We've unintentionally uh, said some cis-sexist comments where we basically have equated uh, like certain genitalia with certain genders kind of across the board uh, that doesn't really line up with real life. So we need to take the time to say, I'm sorry. We are learning as we go and we're always trying to do a better job to change the way our language has been um, oppressive to some people. And I think this is a great opportunity for for us to kind of swallow our pride because this is not easy to do like we want to be perfect we want to shout out and make everybody feel great but when we haven't done that uh we need to acknowledge that so um i'm thinking of um an example we used in our oppression olympics episode where we were talking about um why as as we put it then why men use their penises to uh like when they use that as an argument to throw that uh kind of like combatively to other people uh and we we should have noted that not all men have penises and not all penises in the world uh belong to people who identify as men so um that was that was our bad and and we're sorry about that yeah we're reflecting on the content that we've been putting out and noticing that yeah sometimes we say things that are not right so we apologize immensely to people that we offended by saying these cis sexist comments and we hope that we can do better in future episodes because it doesn't you know apologies are great but it doesn't really matter if we don't put that into practice later so in this episode we kind of wanted to tackle that idea of um, removing gender and gender stereotypes from the way that we speak about the world around us, obviously, specifically the coffee industry, um, how we interact with baristas, how we interact with our customers, and how do we avoid 
misgendering people and assuming certain attributes about them based on their gender or gender assignment. Yeah. So I don't know if you read this article. I'm sure you have. But uh, our very good friend, RJ Joseph, published an amazing article for Barista Magazine a couple of days ago entitled Degendering the Language of Customer Service. And in this article, RJ talks about ways to remove certain forms of language that either misgender people or are at this point condescending. Yeah. Um, in, in our society, like using ma'am or sir is both of those things, I would say, like yeah. misgendering and condescending. Yeah. Um, and ways that you can refer to groups of people, because oftentimes you'll refer to a group of people as like, hey, you guys. And how you gals doing today? How you gals doing? <laughs> Which almost always happens to just a group of women versus, hey, guys, kind of ref- usually gets used on both men and women in a group. Yeah. Um, mixed genders. Even yeah. sometimes women in general. Right. Like I'm thinking about times where I'm with my queer friends and we don't necessarily look one gender or another. And so we'll just get called guys because people will inherently know that like, oh, we're not very feminine. Like, don't call them ladies. They know that that would be considered offensive, but they don't really check that the use of guys is kind of used as like default gender or universal gender, which isn't. Mm -hmm. What are some of the tips that RJ gives to avoid um, gendering people in the workplace? So RJ talks about how when you habitually gender everybody and this can often be unconscious by like um you know oh she told me the other day or or well if if you know the person's gender that doesn't necessarily come across as overly gendering people but a stranger perhaps like she got the latte over there isn't always the best because you don't know that person's gender and maybe even if you think it's obvious um that you know, person might not identify with the gender that you have a preconceived yeah. notion about that person looking or seeming. Mm-hmm. So um, some of RJ's tips and tricks to not gender is basically using the pronoun they to describe everybody because they does not have to be a signifier to queerness or like, oh, I don't know their gender, so I'm just going to call them they. But it can be used in general with everybody so that you never have to misgender anybody. Because as our friend Ellen Klein put it, if you don't gender people, you don't misgender them. Ding, 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 ding. Or you can't misgender people if you don't gender them. There you go. <laughs> That was better. That's actually what the meme said, which is the greatest meme I've ever seen in my whole life. Ever. Um, My whole life. But yeah, so referring to people as they or them is one tip. What's another? Um, When you need to talk to a group of people, instead of saying, hey, guys, hey, ladies, you could use the word y'all. Hey, y'all. Friends, people, everybody. Um, I really like human I like humans, but you know, for me, it's not forced, but a lot of these things you might feel forced. Like maybe you live in San Francisco and y'all can sound also condescending or like, like you're trying to use somebody else's language that doesn't really fit in your dialect. I really like numbers. Yes. Hey, you three. Yeah. Hey, you two. 
Yeah. Um, That's a good way if you're trying to like move the group around like, all right, you four can step right over here and right. all your coffee will be out ready this way. Right. Exactly. Like I have all four of your drinks coming up, like referring to the number of people who also order too, because not everyone in your group necessarily orders coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I like the number thing because it also helps me keep track too of like, OK, these four people ordered. So these four drinks are with each other because mm-hmm. um, I really... This is a pet peeve of mine. I really don't like when um, a group of people's drinks don't come out like pretty close together. Mm-hmm. So like if they, you know, if they order two lattes and a drip coffee and an Americana, I'll try to find some way to group those all together. So they all come out at the same time. That's so kind of you. I just, oh, here's another <laughs> pro tip. When, pro some, tip. when uh, two people are both ordering for here drinks, make the bigger drink first. Mm hmm. Because let's say somebody gets a latte and an espresso and the espresso person might not want to wait and let their shot dissipate. So then like that person drinks the espresso and the latte hasn't even come out yet and they don't get the joy of drinking their coffee together. It's one of the most romantic things about coffee that I really, really like. Just let people have their coffee together. Make the bigger drink first. That was really romantic. It, it touches my heart in like this this way because people are like let's get coffee together and it's an event and it's like glamorous and if you are like just a haphazard barista who's like oh here's a shot oh five drinks down here's your latte you have like usurped the activity they are doing mm-hmm. what's another tip another tip about um not gendering customers is basically if you if you need to talk amongst yourselves about a customer um like who's this pour over for instead of saying that man or that lady over there just using like clothing signifiers or like if they have a hat on or something oh the person in the green top or uh they're they're sitting by the door over there instead of using gendered language to identify them Mm -hmm. that's a big one too because Another pet peeve of mine I have is not knowing where a drink goes. So having that interaction with a barista of, oh, who is this for? Oh, that person who is sitting in the corner, that person who is right by the condiment cart is really helpful to me. Um, And it's something that I do every day in the cafe Mm -hmm. back and forth. So making sure to remove gendered language from that is really important. Because again, you don't know what that person chooses to identify as. Yeah. I use she pronouns kind of begrudgingly it's like yeah i guess so and whenever somebody does not gender me i feel so happy so i think of it like even though i do not identify as non-binary and i do not identify as trans i still get included and um feel better when i'm not gendered and if if that's the case, then there are so many other people like me who identify like with she pronouns or he pronouns that also feel really happy and seen and recognized when I'm not gendered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I've never thought of it that way because I haven't ever really thought about my discomfort in that way because my um, I identify with the gender identity that I was given. So it doesn't it's not necessarily something I need to think about because that's part of my privilege, obviously. And I, I do need to think about that. But at the same time, what you just mentioned is really, is really interesting because it kind of removes the idea that you're being seen as your gender first. Yeah. So like, 
I mean, all the time people come in and be like, oh, hey, ladies, to to us, to the baristas, um, especially because I work in a cafe that has all uh, women who identify as female. And it can be kind of strange when that's the first thing that someone notices about you. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Like, that's what you see when you come in here. Um, so even removing that for people who do identify as their gender is really powerful too. Yeah. It's like there's this whole complex so yes of course there's like the gender binary that some people really buy into and then you're talking about someone who's non-binary it's almost like that is seen as as like the other thing but we have to remember that we live in a patriarchal society where men and women are not treated equal so even like identifying somebody as a woman can be seen as like demeaning and belittling them so for instance like ashley you identify as a woman and you identify as she her and there's like no discomfort there however there is discomfort when somebody calls you lady or you know miss or whatever so it's like the degendering of your language doesn't just become about including queer and trans people into your language. It also becomes to like dismantling patriarchal language at its core because you almost can't use the word. Now we're at a point where you can't use the words dear or sweetheart. Even if you believe that there's like a good intention behind it, it's never a good intention because those words have constantly been like, pushing people down because women are not seen as equal to men and then of course other genders are seen as like non-existent which is like fucked up so there are multiple reasons to de-gender your language what about terms like that like dear sweetie or honey which people use that same argument of oh these are terms of endearment or i mean these with good intentions what what should people who have that idea in their head start thinking about just that your intentions don't give you a pass and if your intentions are one thing and what the other person is feeling is a total other thing wouldn't you want your wouldn't you want that to match up also mm-hmm. honey dear sweetheart are not inherently bad words like but maybe it's just like use them in your personal life (laughs) right like you can call your significant other that perhaps um but if it's something that you would use for one group of people and not for another group of people then you need to consider why you're using it yeah i in 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 a professional setting in a coffee shop and in the workplace in general even if you don't work in a coffee shop like roastery or um you know cupping lab or something it's it's never it's never appropriate Agreed. Like ever. Mm -hmm. Right. But usually a nickname is not a term of endearment. Totally. Like that. Like sweetheart or honey or something like that. That, again, is super gendered usually. Uh So what are some other tips that RJ gives for removing gender from your language? She talks about how um, in a time long ago, (laughs) those terms of endearment might have been seen as respectful, like the sir and ma'am but how over time they have grown really impolite. Um, you know what I find really um, impolite along, yeah, sir and ma'am and, and miss um, is, is, is the use of people's names in front of arguments. 
Have you noticed that recently where people will use like, well, actually, Jasper. <laughs> and you're like, why With are the misspelling, you... right? Right. Oh, obviously misspelled. <laughs> um, but I just wonder why people use certain grammatical ticks to condescend others. Because mm-hmm. sir and ma'am feels very very condescending at this point too mm-hmm. where it's like ma'am 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 you're like oh, calm down mm-hmm. um and i wonder i wonder how those have have moved into that realm because they 100 percent have um and i and i just i just wonder what people gain from from using them at that at this point <sighs> it's one of those things that like why would you use it if it's if it makes other people uncomfortable, you know, because people get really defensive about, especially about the sir and the ma'am thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In some of the arguments that we saw on Facebook, good old Facebook, on uh, RJ's post, it seemed like a lot of people really responded like, well, as a Texan here or as a so-and-so here. And right. I don't, it I al- don't understand that argument. It's almost saying that the feelings of other people are less ag- important there or i mean what i read when i when i hear like as a texan sir and ma'am are not impolite here it's basically what i want to say is they actually are impolite there and all the queer people are leaving and they're coming here where we actually give a shit about (laughs) how we address them right just because you don't think it's impolite like have you ever asked someone else like have you actually you know pulled your your group of friends and asked do you have any people in your group of friends who might identify as queer and would be offended by that Mm -hmm. if you don't have any friends who identify as queer maybe you yourself are part of the problem (laughs) right but like if you don't have any friends who are queer and you're making this argument then like what what are you doing yeah like what are you doing kind of like you're speaking from a place that has no experience with it right um, so that's something that I thought was kind of interesting about the Facebook arguments. Oh, oh I, go, have, I have a thought. Okay. Jasper so just raised her hand. I feel like sometimes people think about like, oh, I don't want to be offensive and I don't want to offend people. But personally, I'm not offended and my group of friends are not offended. So we're in the clear. So this idea of like only changing your language when someone is offended is kind of like it's a little bit backwards because it's really about what are you upholding like in a language sort of way so when using terms of endearment when using sir ma'am and gendering everybody you come across even if you don't know of a particular person that is offended you're still signing on to using language that is overall just oppressing and isolating certain people you shouldn't need one specific person that you know personally to be like i'm offended by this or this affects my life personally it should be enough to just hear from others that hey this is not working on a systematic level and for you to be like well i want to do my very small part that cost me zero dollars and zero cents to make a difference to change this like systematic oppressive language barrier that we have going on that's a key point there jasper it's not hard it doesn't cost money it costs a little bit of your mental activity yeah to make a lot of people feel better 
just a just a whole lot. It makes me feel like I'm getting smarter when I think about these things. Like when when I have to degender my language, because we've all grown up in a gendered world. Like whether or not we're queer, it like it affects us all. So I get to like I get to be smarter. Does that make sense? Like when when my when I know people who use they them pronouns and I utilize that in my language, there are literally like new neuro pathways that are going in my brain and like making because it's forcing your brain to think differently than it was programmed to think. Yep. Because like you said, we all grew up in a very gendered world. Mm -hmm. So forcing your brain to think outside of the way that it was wired to do so can feel almost like, you know, like a brain workout in this really positive way. It does. Because it feels like you're challenging the way that you even think about the world yourself um, and the way that you were brought up in it. So it forces you to engage in things in a new way. Yeah. We have one more thing we want to talk about today. Yeah. And this kind of goes right into um, not overly gendering, uh, you know, body parts and things like that. So we want to talk about bleeding while working. Dun, dun, dun. Many people bleed. It happens. It happens to a lot of people. Um, and it happens a lot at work. It does. We're it, talking about periods, everybody. Just FYI. Like, you also bleed for other things. but like you the, cut your hand or something like that. <laughs> it's super, super common for one of your coworkers to be bleeding. While they're working. While they're working. And that's okay. Yeah, so, it's hard. So I, so I was thinking about this in, you know, I've been working in coffee since 2010. And the first time I ever worked in a coffee shop that had tampons was in 2014. And I remember being behind the bar with, um, with one of my coworkers named Hannah and Hannah, Hannah and I were behind the bar and one of our friends, uh, comes in and <laughs> Hannah goes, will you go out and buy us tampons? And the friend says yes. And then she took money out of the register to buy the tampons. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you can't do that. And then I realized I was like, no, Hannah and I are going to be here for like nine hours today. And mm -hmm. we were both on our periods. And yeah, of course, we should have like tools that will, you know, help us throughout this process. Yeah. And now ever they're not optional. <laughs> right. It's not an optional thing. Um, and I was really like, that was the first time that I realized that like, I should not be punished for like bleeding at work. Yeah. Like, it should not be a burden. Yeah. So, and that was what, four years after I started making coffee. And then even, even to this day, um, explaining to people why their cafes need to provide tampons or any other things for periods like Advil or yeah. um, anything like that is, is baffling to me that I still have to explain it. Like, yeah. of course we have tampons at the cafe. So when you started to say, like, I started working in coffee in 2010, I did I did the math real fast. You've had 91 periods since you've started to work Woo! in coffee. Um, and I've worked in coffee for 11 years, and I've had 143 periods. That's so many periods. That's so wait. many periods. Wait, wait, wait. 91. Wait, you worked in coffee 10 years? 11. 11. Oh, okay. 11. And then I'm timesing by 13 because, you know. Right. I'm on that. You're on that quick cycle. I'm on that quick cycle. <laughs> well, that's that's how many moons there are. That's true. In the year. Um, and that's that's where mine line, lines up. Right. And if we've been working in coffee that long, especially if you've been on the floor for that long, there is un you've undoubtedly worked a shift during every one of those 
periods. Oh, absolutely. You know, every single one. I'm wondering if I've lost enough blood to equal the like um, an amount in a human amount of blood. Does that make sense? Like how much blood is in a human body? Have I lost? We can do that at work. (laughs) (laughs) Have I lost that amount? Um, I was thinking about I saw this campaign online that was like everything you can do. I can do bleeding. Yes. Which I really appreciated because I think if you go into any cafe, at least someone behind the bar is probably 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 bleeding mm-hmm. and still making you an excellent shot of espresso. Yeah. Also making you that beautiful cappuccino that you're about to drink. Okay. Oh go. my god. I have a shirt. So I made this protest shirt um and it's it's all red and it says on my period. Like I painted it's giant like from the top of my chest to my belly button on my period. Mm-hmm. And I wore it to work one day when I was on my period and it was a little I don't I was feeling a little bit like, should I wear this? This is kind of bringing it up when it's never talked about. Right. And I noticed that people tiptoed around me a little bit and saw it. And only a couple people were like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And a couple of times um, they were like extra nice to me. And then as they were leaving, they like kind of waved. They're like, have a good day. Like, oh, I see you. <laughs> but it was so strange how people, like, treated me like I was, like, a, you know, hazardous waste or something like right. that. <laughs> well, so this, so when I competed this year, I got my period the day I competed. Oh. So, and I'm wearing this, like, white linen jumpsuit. You're amazing. I did not plan this. <laughs> anyway, but I got my period and I was with my my like training crew and my by my training crew i mean like my friends who were generous enough to donate their time to come like help me polish glassware and i mentioned <laughs> it and they were both they're both men and um i mentioned to them i was like oh i got like i'm not feeling super great and one of them asked me like oh what's wrong i was like oh i got my period and like <laughs> shout out to my friend brandon for just being on top of it like he oh. was just like asking me questions all the time and he like knew but like he was not uncomfortable at all and he was like do you have everything you need do you like need advil like can we go to like the store like the store with you like yeah. he was just like and he was very open about it too in a way that every time i mentioned my period to to cis men it's usually with this like level of discomfort that like something like gross is happening to you and you're like, no, this happens to me all the time. I've had 91 of these since I've started in coffee. <laughs> 91 and periods 91. behind the bar. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's the novel. That's a tell-all I'm going to write right now. 91 and counting. Um, but I was I, that was the first time I really felt like my period wasn't this taboo topic that I couldn't talk to someone else about. So, like, every now and then I'd be like, oh, I just feel really terrible because, like, you know, like my like I'm waiting for this Advil to kick in mm. or like I feel dehydrated or I just feel like really like bloated. And it was nice to feel that that was something that I could share publicly without having this like level of like shame. Yeah. Surrounded around it. Yeah, I really appreciated that. Um, have you ever seen have you ever seen Degrassi? The next generation? No. There's this one episode where they're, you know, they're teenagers. They're like 13 and 14. And one of the characters gets her very first period and it's like kind of it's definitely comical in that like you can see this like bright red spot on her skirt oh god and she has to give a presentation to her class so her friend comes up with her and is holding like a a sweater around her her waist Uh 
and everyone's like laughing at her and they're like what are you doing like you look silly and then eventually she just like snaps and she goes she's here because i got my period my very first one so you guys better listen or i don't remember what she yells but everyone immediately falls silent and i was like and i remember watching that when i was like maybe 15 or 16 and i was like oh my god i can't believe she said that yeah but like now i'm like yeah fuck that like i got my period deal with it yeah like does that mean that like i might need to go to the bathroom more probably like just deal with it i feel like i i need people to revere me as the goddess i am when i'm bleeding it's like i could bring life into this world and that means i can take it away so listen up everybody <laughs> it's like this reminder of like the amazing things that that your body can do yes yes but okay for real though like being working a shift while you're on your period is exhausting mm -hmm. and some like basic things that would help make it a little bit better are exactly what you're saying ashley have supplies ready for your team like use the money in the register buy a box of tampons and a you know bag of pads or something and a little bit of advil it'll go a long way also like if you are if you're there and you're not on your period and you want to be a supporter to those who are just like have a listening ear and help help someone like i don't know go to the back and do dishes or like sit down and count the coffee beans for a little while right or even like i think what's really critical is that first moment that you get your period and just making sure that someone's there to like oh i can cover your sh like your bar for 10 minutes while yeah. you like you know go like take care of whatever you need to do because that's also like for the for for the amount of times i've had my period mm -hmm. i never know when it's coming ever not once oh yeah never it's, it's not predictable it's not predictable so there are definitely moments where i'm working and i'm like oh hello how yeah. are you <laughs> and it is so helpful to me to know that i can like take a second to address it either like go into the store supply of tampons or go get some um mm -hmm. and just handle that too especially if i take advil like i want to know that i've eaten something before i've done that yeah um so especially at the very beginning of my period is when like i get my like most most cramps and i feel the worst mm -hmm. so i definitely want to like the minute i get my period i want to know like okay i'm going to take an advil i'm going to eat something so that i can digest it and yeah. then i'll feel better in like half an hour do you ever get so i'm really sensitive to painkillers i call them drugs because that's what they are i'm like i need to take some drugs but i'll get like a little bit disassociative and like floaty and my my fingers will start to feel like feathers and i don't make coffee as well so <laughs> like i either have to choose between like a fuzzy like floaty uh like floppy kind of <laughs> yeah no i see feeling or being in pain and like feeling drained that doesn't happen to me too often i don't take painkillers very often i only take them on the first maybe day of my period mm -hmm. um but if i don't then my cramps feel so awful and i don't like i would i would rather just deal with that but i don't get too like disassociated but i know what you mean i've definitely felt that before if i like if i take a painkiller and like maybe i tempt myself with like a little bit like a like a sip of alcohol or something like mm -hmm. that because mm -hmm. i am very like i'm really sensitive to painkillers in that way where i like i will not mix anything like yeah. i will not have even like 
like if I'm like out with friends, I'm like, cool, I'm going to have like a soda water. Like I won't do, I won't have alcohol on days that I take any painkillers. And people tell me that that's ridiculous. But if I do, then I'm like, no, it's not. You're like, how about my liver trying to keep that around? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of want my liver. (laughs) Just FYI. But yeah, those are just all things to think about, especially if I bet you if you are working in a cafe that has people who have you know who bleed or know people who bleed in management (laughs) positions this is probably something that they think about but if you don't maybe that doesn't exist i've worked in plenty of cafes where like like you know you have to take a 10 minute break immediately because you have to go to walgreens to go get tampons and that's so disruptive especially if like you're in the middle of a busy service so just having those things on hand and showing your staff that you care about how their bodies function and how they take care of themselves because if your staff were sick like you'd want them to stay home not that this is sick but like you want people to be able to take care of themselves and perform at their best self yeah well we have at our store like vitamin c pills or like emergency packets because we all like we share that experience of touching germs all the time right and we want to keep healthy so it's kind of along the same lines and you have band-aids and like burn cream at your store like why wouldn't you have tampons exactly Anywho, good call. Just have some I, I do want to like shout out, shout out to all the people who bleed and like definitely do like calculate how many years have you been in coffee times 13? How many times? <laughs> how many times have you bled on bar? How many times have you bled on bar? And um, just like it, we just got to acknowledge like how much effort it takes to uh pass mega clots through your cervix and be like hey how's your day (laughs) what can i get for you (laughs) there's things coming out of me would you like a cappuccino (laughs) i definitely know i'm not pregnant Uh uh-huh how can i help you Uh yeah that's that's (sighs) i guess the one relief that i get when i get my period doesn't even cross my mind (laughs) i know we live in such different worlds (laughs) I, I feel like it reminds me of my fertility. And I think it reminds you of like the opposite. Like, it reminds me not that, like, fertile yeah, right I'm now. like, get out of here. <laughs> just 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 be gone. Yeah, as a as as a straight woman, I feel like the countdown to my period is always like a fingers crossed moment. <laughs> not that I'm not doing all the things I should be doing. Like yeah. I definitely take care to make sure that there are things like that that's a very minimal minimal risk. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still like could happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, happens all the time. Also happened on Degrassi. One of the characters' moms <laughs> gets pregnant, because, even though she was on the pill. And then her, her husband's like, what? And she's like, I know. And then they have this awesome baby. It does happen all the time. It does. So shout out to all the people who, yep, have to put on a smiling face while they're bleeding. And shout out to all the supporters and all the people who make sure that your, st- your store is stocked with tampons. And things that make that easier for people who are bleeding. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, uh, let's close this out. We've appreciated all of the comments that we've heard from people. We reflected a lot on that apology that we issued earlier in the episode. And we just want to say again, we're sorry for any sexist remarks that we made. And we're sorry to the people that we offended. Um, if there's something that we say that doesn't resonate with you or you feel is exclusionary, like please let us know. And we're sorry that not... Nobody could be offended, but we are sorry that we upheld a system that oppresses other people. Mm-hmm. So please let us know if there are moments that you feel 
that we can be doing a better job because those are things that we want to know about. We want to be open to feedback and criticism and to acknowledge that publicly so that when we do this again, we can move forward and we can maybe help other people also move forward. Um, because I'm sure there's going to be another a number of people who are like, wait, I didn't hear any cis sexist remarks, but they're there. Definitely. We've like listened to some of the stuff that we've said and even reflected on notes that we have. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is a mistake that we made. Um, so please write to us, bossbaristapodcast at gmail.com. Instagram is bossbaristapodcast. And Twitter, still fledglingly going, uh, is boss underscore barista. Um, but until then, I'm Ashley Rodriguez. And I'm Jasper Wild. Goodbye. Bye.